Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Whitney Nelson. How you doing, Whitney? Hello! I'm finally back! Yeah, it's so- It's been a while. Just a little bit. Uh, had a mini hiatus. Of, what, what have you been up to? If I'm not mistaken, some traveling? Or were you on vacation? Or what have you been doing these days? Yeah, I, uh, I did some family stuff in California for a little while. Went to Harry Potter World at Universal City Walk with, uh, for my youngest sister's birthday. Oh, I'm uh, jealous. She just recently got into Harry Potter. And so she was like, we have to go. Even if it's not yet my birthday, we'll, we'll go early if we're all going to be together. So we went to Harry Potter World, and that was a blast. Um, had a great time. And then I was actually in Pittsburgh for a little while with my mom, who uh, was taking a cheese test. It's like the cheese equivalent of a sommelier is for wine, like an expert test thing. A cheese test. That sounds awesome. Yeah, and, and she was like, there's going to be a huge like cheese festival. There's There was like 20,000 cheeses, and she got me a ticket to go. So I just... I. A lot of cheese that week. Man, everything you've mentioned so far, I'm very jealous of. That sounds like <laughs> a very good time. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, Harry Potter and cheese. What's better than that? Yeah, your relatives live in uh, prime locations to check out some cool stuff. Um, yeah. But what would you say was like the highlight of the Harry Potter world? I, I'm, I've never been there. I didn't honestly, I don't know very much about it. So uh, any kind of like tips for if I ever get out there? Well, so... I went to the one in Florida w- right when it opened, within like a month of it opening. In, uh, and that was like, what, like a decade ago almost? It was a while ago. Um, and then this one, City Walk, is really good, but they have actually since expanded um, in Florida. You have to buy two park passes in Florida now because there's actually like a, a Harry Potter world like land in each park. So it's double the cost. But okay. you, you can go from, I think, like Hogsmeade to Diagon Alley, and you can actually take the train there. That's Like, awesome. from one to the other. So there's more stuff to do in Florida. Um, but they did have... The ride is the same, and the ride is the big draw. The, like... Um, I can't remember what it's called. But it's you go into Hogwarts, and you're you're going through Hogwarts, and it feels like... They set it up so that it feels like you're riding a broomstick. Totally. Um, and, it, and it is one of the most technologically advanced rides I have ever seen. Um, I am a huge Disney nerd and it's better than anything Disney has ever done. Um, They used like screen projection where there's times where you're like being projected over a screen. So there's stuff like, you know, like a dragon and you're soaring over the lake around the castle and stuff like that. But there's also times where it's practical and you're in the castle or you're in like caves or something like that. And it's all real around you. Um, And they kind of like switch back and forth between the two. And it's, it's a really, really, really good ride. And I highly recommend it. Um, the other thing that they've done that was, is newer, and I think they've done it in Florida too, is if you go and you buy a wand in their wand shop, um, they all have little, like, uh, chips in the, in the tips of the wand, and all of the storefronts interact if you do a certain movement in front of the windows. So, like, you stand in front of the windows and you cast spells, and this, the window storefronts will all react to the spells that you're casting. Oh, Wow. Yeah, so like you're in front of like a lantern shop and you and you cast Lumos and then all of the lanterns in the in the <laughs> window light up. Um that That's kind creative. Of stuff. Yeah, wow. Yeah. That adds to the magic of it all. Yeah. I mean we we spent most of our time in Harry Potter World with my sister just casting spells over and over and over again, even if she's already done it at all of the windows. That was her favorite part. That is amazing. Wow. Yeah. I have got to get out there, and especially the ride sounds the most enticing because I, I, man, I haven't been to Disney World or wherever I was in like yeah over a decade. And the the most like impressive ride at that time was the Aerosmith one. I don't remember what that was called, but like you went from zero to sixty in like a certain amount of seconds. Like that was mm-hmm. very fun. But man, I'm such a Harry Potter nerd and always was like growing up. So like I definitely got to get out and experience that. I highly recommend if you do. Uh, Butterbeer obviously is a thing. Yeah. So how does it taste? Because like, I've always, I I imagine it being fantastic. And now that I know it's a thing, it's like, well, shit, I wonder if it is fantastic. Uh, They actually do a really good job with it. They um, have actually, I think, tweaked the recipe since when I went when they first opened, because when they first opened, it was so it was like syrup. It wasn't drinkable for me it was and they actually had this thing where they added foam separately because they wanted it to be really really foamy yeah and so they added like they would pour your drink and then they would add like a layer of foam on top but the foam was so 
uh, aggressively chemical or something. I don't know. They, they said, be careful putting a straw in it because you might like make it mad and it would like explode over the edge of the cup. <laughs> um, they don't do that anymore. They figured out the recipe. It's, I mean, it's very similar to like a, a butterscotch cream soda, but what they do is the sweetness isn't as like sickly as you would yeah, think from like potent. adding butterscotch to cream soda. Okay. Um, they tone it down so that it's still like a drinkable thing. But the other thing that they do there is pumpkin juice, which is sort of like an apple cider. It's like spiced uh, and they serve it cold. They also can serve it fizzy. And if you go into the three broomsticks, you can get a shot of fireball whiskey added to it. And I oh, highly nice. recommend that. Totally. Wow. That sounds like a good addition to it. Yeah. Very cool. Oh, man. So, well, that, that's definitely got me sold and makes me really got to get out that way <laughs> one of these days. Um, but so I guess this is a video game podcast for anyone who's just new and stuff, not just a Harry Potter fan cast, but we could definitely do stuff like that too. Um, but no, knowing that you've been on a lot of like traveling and vacation and stuff, did you get a chance to play many games? Were you playing mobile? Were you playing anything like a handheld? Um, I introduced my, uh, kid sister to threes for the first time, which is kind of the game that I play when I'm killing time. Um, I don't know if I've actually talked about that on here, but I play a lot of threes. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not and, sure if you did. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who hasn't played it, it's a very simple game. It's, it's, um, tiles sliding around on a, um, surface. And every time you slide new tiles come in, you have to add one and two to make threes. And then you have to add like three and three to make six and then six and six to make 12. And the the goal is to, you know, new tiles keep coming in every time. So you have to mush them together with every turn in order to keep your board clear enough for movement. And as soon as you fill up the board, you've lost. Okay. Um, and the goal is just to get the highest number possible. And it's, um, you know, there's definitely a lot, if you get really into it, there's a lot of strategy involved, but it's also just a great sort of like, um, it uses enough of your brain to kill time, but not so much of your brain that like you can't be paying attention if you're, you know, on the train and you got to get off at the right stop or whatever. Um, so I play it a lot and she's young enough that she just turned 10. Um, so she is young enough that like the math part of it was actually a little bit more difficult for her. Um, right. and so it was actually much more engaging for her because it was all about, you know, adding the numbers together to make bigger numbers and stuff like that. So. Very cool. She yeah, enjoyed no, that. That that I, it almost reminds me of that game that I played a long time ago. I think it was called Twenty Forty Eight or like one of those variations. It, it's just like a tile that's, based number cruncher. That's the free version of Threes. Oh, okay, very cool. Yeah, I I, I remember playing a lot yeah. of that back in the day. So yeah, that's really so cool. Threes did well, and then a developer was like, they charge a dollar ninety nine for Threes. Let's make one that's free. I but see. Threes was the first one. Okay, very cool. So yeah, that's it's his exact same game. Uh, yeah, just they do like twos instead of threes. Yeah, exactly. Okay, it's very. I I enjoy those kinds of games. Yeah, very uh, yeah. mindless, but also you get some uh, sense of accomplishment. Yeah, totally. Cool. Um, I did manage. I was only there was a two and a half week period where I had I was only home for two nights of those two and a half weeks. So it was an exhausting period since I've been on last. But since I was last on, I did finish Detroit Become Human. Oh my god! And I've started playing two different games. Oh, um, so you have. So I been actually busy. have a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Um, so Detroit Become Human, I loved it. Um, there's a lot of issues that I have with the story, just in general. There's like a whole. Obviously, anytime that you're talking about like androids or robots or whatever, there it's a. The symbolism is all about slavery every time with any story with like Westworld with anything like that it's you know and and they did it in detroit as well and they did it very very overtly uh but i think that they didn't have enough people on the writing team who to like add nuance to it it okay. felt very heavy-handed and overwrought and not at all relevant to like the context of what's happening in the world today Okay, that makes sense to me, yeah. Uh, it felt like it was made for white people to play and feel better about <laughs> being white people. Right. And that's not what we need right now. No, yeah, I um, hear that. It was a very, very good game. And I think that they did very interesting stuff with the choices because they started out with the choices being sort of like, you're fighting against your programming, what are you going to do sort of stuff. But they turned it much more and more into what's the most humane choice. 
And especially when none of the choices seem humane or when all of the choices seem humane. Like I, that was an interesting part of it. The, the sort of psychology that they went into with the choices later in the game. Uh, but I loved, I just love games where the whole game plays differently based on the decisions you make, obviously, because I've talked about Until Dawn in almost every episode. <laughs> um, so this was going to be right up my alley one way or the other, because the game plays out super differently depending on what choices you make in it. And, and they did that very well. Okay. So that's exciting. Um, oh, well, that's the thing. I remember on a recent episode, I was speaking with Bren about, uh, David Cage and the people responsible for Detroit Become Human. They just lost a lawsuit of, uh, mistreating one of their employees, like hanging up pornography with like their face printed on it and like really what? just like messed up things that like there's no doubt that they're going to lose that one. So, and it, it just goes to show like what you were saying earlier with uh, like the message they're getting across. I just have a feeling I don't know if we're going to be seeing many more games from Quantum Dreams or quantic dreams it's kind of a shame because i did really enjoy all the games up until this point but yes i i definitely can see there being problematic issues with it all and especially knowing that that's what kind of uh environment they had in their game studio like that just puts such a bad taste in my mouth and makes me think like yeah yeah. let's shut that down because we don't need people treating others like that yeah and i think that that really does it that makes total sense after having played the game and there's such a a point that they're trying to hit but it misses the mark so far like it's so far off from what they actually were trying to do right because it it was just like tone deaf in the way that they were telling this story um so that's interesting i didn't know any of that yeah and i think i read a very similar review like uh as far as it being kind of tone deaf so it, it stinks because i'm i'm still very much interested in playing that game but i i just have very mixed emotions i think i'm gonna enjoy it once i get around to it but it's just knowing that that's how that all went down and thinking there's probably not going to be another game from them i'm not really sure if it's going to shut down the studio by any means but it's definitely yeah. hopefully going to get uh people fired that deserve to be <laughs> totally um i the thing this is always an interesting choice with movies and with video games more than almost anything else is, is you literally are voting with your dollars for <laughs> what you want to see more of next. Yes. And the, like, if you buy a game the day it comes out, you make such a big impact on games like this coming, coming soon. Like people see how big opening day sales were for a video game. And then studios start trying to make more games like that. Cause the process is so long from one game coming out to being like starting to work on it, to it being ready to go. For exactly. People that like you need to get on something right away if you want it to be at all timely. Um, and it's the same thing with movies, like opening weekend box office is the only thing that really matters. So if you want to see more of a certain kind of movie, you got to go out and see it opening weekend to, in order to like, cast your vote of what you want to see more of and i want to see more games like until dawn or detroit become human so i knew whether or not the game was going to be good i had to get it right away right um because i want more there's so much capability that we have with video games to tell crazy stories that really put you into the thick of things and really make you like the world doesn't exist without you and the choices that you make impact the entire story the fact that we have the capability to tell those kinds of stories i want more people to do it so i was like even if it's terrible even if it's out like outright racist i want want to to cast more games like this yes exactly um, but then you always end up with stuff like you're in this position where you know about the studio and you know that the game is kind of tone deaf in the story of like as a analogy for racism um but it's also the kind of game that I think you would enjoy playing. So that's- uh, yeah, that is a tough. You're b- between a rock and a hard place kind of situation. Yeah. Um. But th- that this confer- conversation just is kind of confirming in my brain that I need to pre-order Life is Strange too because I like just love those ty- types of games. And there there is an issue there when they kind of just were like, oh well, this one's going to be double the price. And I'm thinking to myself, I mentioned on an episode like, does that mean there's going to be more content? Not necessarily. I think they just realize that they have a large fan base now and that they're like, oh, we can milk them for what it's worth and even let's say they throw put out a game that is a flop at least they got the money on the people casting their votes so to speak so mm-hmm. i do want to cast my vote in that sense but like i'm just hoping it's up to par with their previous game or yeah. games yeah yeah it's always it's always a hard decision to make when you don't know the game and it hasn't come out yet and you're like is this going to be worth my money is it something that i'm going to be super disappointed with 
having cast my vote for, but like also I know how important it is in the business of video games that like my money really can make a difference if it's early on in the process. Absolutely. Um, so it's always it's always a hard hard decision to weigh. And that's the thing with Life is Strange too that there, there's really not much known about it. They had a little tra- trailer out where it was like yeah a dash cam from a cop car and then like the cop car gets flipped over by like someone's telekinetic powers, which a lot of people are assuming is Captain Spirit. That free episode we all got, which is like I'm fairly sure they uh, had said that Captain Spirit's going to be a character in Life is Strange too. Not sure mm-hmm. if he's main character or just whatever. Um, but. It, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just so excited. But they did say on social media that all's going to be revealed on August 20th. So, uh, later this week, listener, you'll oh, be wow. finding out yeah. more about what's going on with Life is Strange too. So I, I, that's definitely got me intrigued because I'm going to buy the game regardless, but at least now I'll have some more closure on like what to expect. Totally. Yeah. Um, but no, that's cool. Uh, any other kind of games you want to mention before I maybe talk about the very few I've played? <laughs> Four-sided fantasy was part of the uh, like PlayStation Store sale, and I'd never heard of it, but the art looked cool, so I I downloaded it because it was like I think a dollar, oh, um, nice. and it is an incredibly interesting puzzle game, and I highly recommend checking it out if you if you're a fan of puzzle games. I am not through it. It is hard enough for me that I as soon as I solve like one set of puzzles, I'm like, okay, I gotta walk away for a bit. Um, there's an overall love story that they did not set up and I'm not so far the story is not the is like a non-issue in this game there isn't really one but okay. you've got there's like a little boy and a little girl character and I think the goal is to make them like they're trapped in this world where they can't be near one another so you have to get them near one another but you can't magnets it's a it's <laughs> it's a scrolling like side-scroller, platform sort of puzzle game. But you can freeze the screen, which changes the physics of the world. Like, the floor is maybe now different because you can freeze the screen like when your character jumps. So now the floor is higher than it was before. Okay. Um, When you run off the right side of the screen as the boy, you run in the left side of the screen as the girl. Oh, interesting. So you have these puzzles where, like, you'll be going down this tunnel and you'll hit a dead end. But if you freeze the screen where, like, the dead end, you can see past the dead end into the, like, tunnel beyond, you can, like, run off the screen and onto the other side and skip the dead end altogether. That's really interesting. It also happens where, like, if you go down out the, like, bottom of the screen, like, if there's no floor and you would just normally drop to your death, if you freeze the screen and you drop down through the floor as one of the characters, you come in through the top as the other character. (laughs) Right. And then they, like, as you change seasons, like, I went from, I think, summer to fall, um, all of a sudden now one of them is stuck upside down. And one of them, so, like, one person's walking on the ceiling and the other person's walking on the floor. Oh, um, wow. And so they, they, they completely, like, break your brain with the dimensions <laughs> of, like, how to play a video game. Because now you're thinking, like, if I get to the edge of the screen and I jump off the screen, I'll come in the bottom of the left side of the screen. You know, like the whole way that they do it is I've ne- there's never been any movement that in any game that I've ever played that so involves like the physics of the world and changing how everybody has always done it. Oh yeah. I don't think I can really c- compare that to anything I've played either. That's really unique and hell for a dollar. That's really cool. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if that was, I don't remember when I bought it because I've been doing so much stuff. I've only played it recently, but I think that it was a July sale. So it's probably gone from a dollar up to like three ninety nine or something like that. But so far I've still gotten, if, if it's less than $10 and it sounds interesting to you, I recommend it. Cause I've already gotten $10 worth of play out of it. Totally. Uh, but the puzzles are hard enough and you have to use your brain in like thinking about the physics enough that I am not playing it all in one go. I like solve a set of puzzles and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go do something else now. Um, and then I started heavy rain. Oh, fantastic. What do yep. you think? Uh, so far? Great. I am not even really to, I'm just starting to like solve puzzles, like get clues and stuff. I'm not even like, I don't think I'm even near the middle of the game yet. So I right. just started, but it's great so far. Awesome. Um, and you haven't had the ending spoiled? No, I have oh, not. Thank goodness. I'm grateful. I'm very excited to see uh hear your reaction to that once you complete it. 
yeah, I'm I'm very much enjoying it so far. I think they've done a really good job with with um all of the people in it are so human. Yes. And um immediately you you feel like you know people right away and I love that in any kind of storytelling whether that's TV shows or movies or books or whatever when I feel like I immediately have a handle on all of the people involved. It's really it's just really good storytelling. Um I'm curious to see how it pans out cuz like I said, I'm just I'm probably a quarter of the way into the game. So I've still got a lot of game to go. So I don't really know where it's going to go from here, but it's really, really good so far. Yeah. Um, Have you got a chance to play as the one character who's like um, the younger detective with the glasses that are like uh, futuristic and he has like these gloves? I I, I love that character just because it's so cool. And I hope that like, I don't know, it always seems like sci-fi paves the way for like modern technology. And I really hope we get to the point where we have gear that that dude has because it's like Uh really cool because it's like AR, like augmented reality. Like he like puts on glasses and he's like his desk is like a like on the moon or some shit. So like yeah. I don't know that that kind of stuff is really cool and I I give that game all the credit in the world for those ideas. Totally. Uh yeah, no, I think it's I think it's uh people have tried to do smart glasses so many times and they keep failing and I don't know why they keep failing. Right. But we but I it's like we have the technology to do something maybe not quite that advanced where you look like you're on the moon <laughs> and the whole room goes away, but we have stuff we have the ability to do that kind of stuff, but they just keep not selling well. Yeah. Um, so people keep tweaking them. We're going to get there at some point, but we are, I think we're lagging at this point. We're lagging behind. Definitely. It's, it's going to take a lot more time. It's, it's just too clunky. I feel like at the current time, like people don't want to have to wear a backpack and like a headset, like, and yeah. I think there are companies out there that are working on like the more, like what we're describing. Like I, th- I, rem- I remember our other co-host Basta has brought them up m- multiple times. I think their name is called Magic Leap and they have like some mm-hmm. kind of au- augmented reality glasses that they've been working on for years. But he's uh, for the, over the course of this entire podcast, he's always called bullshit on them. And technically they haven't really shown anything. Well, I don't know. I haven't really looked into it recently. So I'd want to take a look back into that and see if Basta was right all along. But, um, so there are companies out there trying to do it, but it, it just seems like we're kind of that's the bleeding edge of technology to even offer something like that without having to have like a powerhouse on your head. Yeah. I did just see a keyboard that's um hand gear like it's it's a bunch of connected rings that you wear like around your knuckles and you can type just like by moving your fingers. Oh wow. Like see, you don't need to be at a keyboard, you just type by like different finger gestures like pointing straight or like bending your finger up. Now that's cool. Yeah. I'd definitely be interested in that. And I, I saw another reimagining of the keyboard where you have your hands on like, I, I don't know, I want to say like orbs and you just like shift them in different directions and each direction is a cluster of keys. It actually looked like impossible. Like I'm sure you'd get the hang of it, but like, <laughs> oh God, you would never be able to like say write a college essay or anything. <laughs> See, that's that's what I liked about this wearable one that I saw because first of all, it was very low profile. Like you could go get a glass of water or go talk to somebody else in the office or whatever and it wouldn't be weird. You're not like wearing gear or holding orbs or whatever, but also they seemed like they would be very easy to learn how to use because it's only a couple of gestures per finger and then you've got the whole alphabet. Gotcha. Um, I just got a message from Brandon. I want to say he wants to join the call. So in a little bit here, we'll be adding him. Um, but I did want to maybe mention some of the games I've been playing. Uh, yeah. not too much. It's basically Dark Cloud. It's an old PlayStation 2 classic that I have mentioned on previous episodes. I got it for PlayStation 4 on a sale. I also got Dark Cloud 2, which I've never played. And Dark Cloud 1, this is probably my third or fourth time playing it. I just love the game so much. Um, nice. but I'm, I'm excited to finally, once I get through this one, start Dark Cloud 2 and hopefully just burn through that as well um but i did get through the second village called Mataki village uh there's like this giant ape in the forest that you fight uh the overarching story is uh the world has this dark genie unleashed upon it and you're like this chosen character that has to go from the different land to land it's like save these people and uh i don't know i'm really enjoying the game i'm trying to think if anything like significant happened oh yes uh i last thing i was complaining about is like i don't know how to get this one guy on my team goro you had to find his dad's uh necklace and bring it to him and then uh in order to fight that boss it's cool how the game like use utilizes different um allies to their to your advantage so like in order to beat this boss you have to switch to goro to use his mallet to hit the monkey's 
feet. So then when the huh. monkey's like laying on his back, like in pain off his feet, you can use the other characters to, like do more damage. So like it, for its time, I feel like it was just a phenomenal RPG. And uh, I just got to my favorite location called Queens, where it's just like, I, if I'm not mistaken, like the largest area where you can like build the town back. Like premise of the game is you have to uh, go do lots of dungeon diving. And during the dungeon diving, you gather it's also like a collectathon you gather all these pieces of the houses and stuff of the people mm-hmm. that you're saving and then you rebuild the town so it's i'm overall just thrilled that i'm playing again I, it's just so nostalgic nice. and it's it's just one of those games i can spend hours playing but uh it's also frustrating because then i'll play hours and then forget to save because it's like old playstation uh... 2 classic you have to save there's so many modern games where it's like oh yeah i'll go get all sorts of shit done and then just swap to another game and just think yeah it's gonna save but mm-hmm. you gotta always keep that in mind so there's only been once or twice where it's like i'll get a couple hours into it and then i'll load up the game the next day and be like oh shit what i thought i did all this <laughs> <laughs> No, that would yeah. frustrate me. That would make me stop. Uh, but <laughs> if I yeah. was like, oh, that's like three hours I have to redo. Yeah, no, there was at least two or three I lost. And it is always frustrating. But since I love the game so much, it's not an issue. Um, yeah. But let's see if we can add Bren to the call here. There he is. What's up, Bren? Hug, I literally just woke up. Oh, man. <laughs> it's I... an early start to the day. Yeah, I was up to like 3 a.m. playing monster hunter world oh nice i'm a hypocrite and bought it day one so (laughs) (laughs) you gotta do it with certain games i'm definitely doing that with the upcoming spider-man game um how have you been though uh doing all right things are happening yeah yeah it's super hot like all the time now which i love (laughs) it's it's wonderful half the state's on fire just constantly now yeah, that's nothing new. Uh, no. <laughs> speaking of nothing new, I was just uh, talking about Dark Cloud some more. I'm glad we wrapped that oh, up Jesus. real quick. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm making progress, cool. and I just love that game. God damn it. I can't wait to start start talking about Dark Cloud 2, because I have no experience with that, and may- maybe we'll have Mark on for that, because I know mm. he's a huge fan. That, that, that might be too much for Mark. Like, it would just be Mark's episode. Like, <laughs> that would set him off, and it would just be a full hour and a half of Mark rambling about Dark Cloud 2. Yeah, <laughs> I'm for it. Uh, <laughs> That's really it for me, though. I I just have been playing Dark Cloud 2 and doing house stuff. And like I mentioned on the last episode, starting this record label, it's all a lot of stuff keeping me busy. So not as many games, but hopefully I'll be getting back to it. And yeah, once Spider-Man comes out, God, I'll be talking about that forever. <laughs> How about you, though, Brent? So yeah, Monster Hunter World? Monster Hunter World. Uh, I got like four hours into it or so. Nice. Um, came out Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Um so tutorial is kind of lengthy and like kind of annoying because I'll tell you like I'll it'll just bombard you with a bunch of shit because so much stuff is new uh like quality of life uh upgrades or changes from previous games so there's a lot of stuff that was just super tedious and annoying and like really drawn out in other games like you would have to bring like bug nets or pickaxes to when you go out on expeditions to you know collect bugs or mine stuff and then they would break. So you had to get high quality stuff, and you had to bring like ten of them. So those took up two item spots in your limited uh, item pouch. Uh, so that got annoying. So they just give it to you for free now. Like they don't take up any space. You have oh, nice. So it's just like it, there's so much stuff that's just like so much nicer now. Uh, but the tutorial has to tell you about everything, and it tells you all at once. So there's a lot of stuff where it's like, yes, I already know this. No, I don't need to be told again. It's like, oh, I missed that. What was that? Like I actually need to know what that was. And there's just, like, so many changes that it's just, there's a lot of tutorial. Okay. Now, it's funny you say that, like, quality of life improvement. I feel like Dark Cloud 1 is the complete opposite. It's just an entire <laughs> management thing where it's, like, you have to watch the health of each weapon you have. Like, if you, and that's the thing, you can spend, like, the entire game, like, maintaining, like, this weapon that you've been building up, building up, building up. And then, like, you fight some stone or dragon or something, enemy, and then you, like, just don't realize that you haven't been keeping up with, like, the health of that weapon and it just breaks. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, God, thank God you can, like, just... Well, depending on how many hours you put in since your last save, you could just turn the game off and load again and have your weapon. But like, oh, God, it's just such a management game. Even they have it. So like there's a water meter. So like if your thirst level gets too low, like it starts to affect your health. And like it's literally it's very over the top. Um, So 
I don't know. And I'm hoping maybe Dark Cloud 2 will have some of those improvements where it's like, maybe they got rid of the thirst meter because it's a little ridiculous. But I, I don't know. I guess it kind of is the whole shindig for Dark Cloud, making it really hard and trying to maintain all of these things at once. The survival mechanics of it. Um, Monster Hunter has that bit with weapons, but it's just your sharpness. So... Okay, so you don't necessarily lose it? Yeah, it just becomes weaker and weaker as you fight, and then you just run off and use whetstones, which are now infinite, and don't take up space also, which are great. Um, so you just run away from the fight for a second, sharpen your weapon, and then run back in. Yeah, so I have repair powders. <laughs> yeah, um, but it reminds me of uh, uh, Breath of the Wild, with all the weapons breaking in that, and how everyone was really pissed off at that. It's awful. I, I still need to play more of that game, but it's it's <laughs> absolutely infuriating because it's like now I have like six or seven like super badass weapons, but it's like I don't know what enemies to use these on. <laughs> it's yeah. like I, I would like run into all these like little minions that like mean shit, and it's like I'm using a goddamn like firing flame sword or something. I'm like that's <laughs> overkill and sucks because now Excessive. it's gonna like kill it uh, like or like ruin the sword before I can use it on something I need it for. Yeah, I remember that was a huge problem with it um, at the beginning. People still complain, like, yeah, it's it's annoying as shit, and I fully agree with that. But I do think it is necessary for that game to a degree. Granted, they could probably, like, have toned it down. Like, with some weapons, they break after, like, five swings or something. Like, that's Yeah, so that's absurd. the worst. Um, but, like, if you think about it, like, it, there has to be some motivator for you to change weapons. Because otherwise, you're like, oh, I got the Master Sword. All right, fuck everything else and never touch another weapon. Right, so, like, that be, does make sense. There has to be something to push you to, like, why you wouldn't just find the best weapon immediately and never touch anything else in the game. But it so. just makes me wish they had some kind of mechanic like Dark's Cloud with, like, repair powders. Because it's like, you find a weapon that you absolutely adore, it's like, you just want to maintain it. At, like, And even if it's, like, something, a rare item that you have to craft or something, like, it's just like, I don't know. At least I'd still have that weapon, but... Eh, it is what it is. I I want to play more of that game. God, it's just so much. <laughs> yeah, it'd be cool if there was like a smith or something at certain encampments that would repair like you know some items or like it would cost like a shitload like five thousand or you know maybe yeah thousand dark like, cloud enough or, where it, you couldn't just repair everything in one go. I'm I'm confusing. I meant to say dark souls. I'm like oh, <laughs> dark games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the what are they called? The champions of uh breath of the wild you can get their weapons and those could be remade so even when they break you can go back to whoever makes them and get another one so those are kind of like pseudo indestructible that makes sense okay yeah but i think those are it maybe maybe there's a few like other crazy legendary ones but i think that's most of it Uh, oh uh (laughs) what else have i been playing uh not much dead souls uh came out full release of that um, I think we talked about it last episode. Solid game, but not as far as I can tell, not enough has really changed. I haven't gotten to like the end boss yet, so I don't know what's on after him uh, since early access. But like the core of the game is kind of just like, eh, it seems about the same for the most part. Okay, not bad, but like it's you know not enough to get me to back in, especially now with Monster Hunter out. Right. Um. But yeah, Monster Hunter is probably gonna just be eating up all of my time. I made my character a super old lady, like as old as wrinkly as you. Are can you get. serious? Oh yeah. <laughs> Why? Uh, it's funny seeing this like old lady carrying around a uh, switch axe four times her size. That is <laughs> pretty funny. The game's just so stupid and over top with all the armors and stuff. Like I'm already wearing full bone armor. Like I have a like some sort of dinosaur skull on my head. Uh, like and it's just it, it rarely matters because it's like Dark Souls or stuff where you're in different armors all the time you almost never see your character's actual face like they don't interact with anyone you have voice lines but it's just for reactions to stuff like so it's not like you're actually talking right so your character really doesn't matter at all like like i think in another monster hunter game i made my character naruto but like you wouldn't (laughs) know because you never see his face because it's always in armor right um but the the few times, like, during a cutscene or something when she is out of armor, I'm like, oh, yeah, she's, like, super old. <laughs> and it's funny. Uh, you mentioning, like, the voice acting for that game. It The voice acting in Dark Cloud is actually horrible, and it makes me, like, <laughs> actually, I, I, some, for the most part, like, I love the music. Like, the, the, the music's very atmospheric and just beautiful. But then when I hear my character swinging a sword, it's like, I, 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 I. 
hey like all all the time like it's so wow. ridiculous i and there and that's the thing like i'm fairly sure that that that's the kind of game that doesn't even have a setting where you can be like let me just turn down the sound effects so i can only hear the music it's like no it's it's just you're hearing what is there so for the most part i listen to podcasts or like and uh I don't know, recording a cassette or something while I play Dark Cloud because yeah, and it's not even just the one character, it's every single character. They're all so annoying as far as their like voice <laughs> acting. That and can well, really ruin a game for me when the voice yeah. acting is bad. It's very bad. And and, and well, th- th- there isn't really much dialogue between the main characters. Like it's it's an old RPG, so it's a lot of uh text bubbles and stuff but like mm-hmm. when your character tries to express that he's talking it just it looks like he's just miming and you don't like ever see what they say so it's just interesting but it's when you're in combat and swinging your sword it is just the most like ear piercing just like no Ugh. thank you it's just i don't know i guess to each their own but to me i feel like maybe i'll use one in a upcoming uh what's that sound and you guys will be like what the hell is that <laughs> Um, I know some people who, like, yeah, some voice acting like that where it's not, you know, integral to the game. It's not like Mass Effect or Zelda or Witcher or something where it's a big story where that needs talking. I mean, Zelda's a bad example because no, no one talks in those. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when the voice acting is just the reactionary noises and it's super annoying. Um, I've heard of some people changing the language to, like, you know, Spanish or Japanese or something where the, you know, character's pitch isn't so high and it's not so piercing. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so that's that's an option for you. Uh, not for me in Dark Cloud, but yeah, for PC games for sure. Um, uh, yeah. uh so oh, that's the thing. I guess we did a decent talk about games. Are there any kind of news topics we want to talk about before we wrap this up? I know I have one that I'm wondering if you guys are going to mention before me. Um, it's not really news related for me, but I found there's a Mario Kart or uh, Mario Kart. Uh, there's a Garfield Kart racing game no really yeah, yeah and like i just found out about it but it's not new it's from like i think 2013 or so yeah wait that's fairly new though <laughs> but i mean like it's, it's like... not this year it's five years old but that's what i mean i didn't think that if someone asked me in like the last decade has there been a garfield video game i probably would have said no i or yeah fair enough because yeah it's like how is garfield relevant right now right or you know in the last decade it's gotta um, be the Brothers McElroy. <laughs> you know what? It honestly might be. <laughs> I don't know anyone else who talks about it regularly. Um, but yeah, so uh, that game was like, that was on sale for like 99 cents last week, so I bought it for Mark. So he's, as law by our terrible uh, sadomasochistic friendship, he is required to play it at least for an hour. So I look forward to hearing that uh, story. It doesn't look bad though. Wait, the, oh my that's god. That's the thing. It's not <laughs> terrible. It's got very positive hell? reviews. It's just dumb because it's a Mario Kart or Mario uh, Garfield Kart racing from 2013. Well, and that's my main question is like, when I think of Garfield, I think of like three main characters. Like, is there a cast of characters to choose from? Or uh, am I just like, I'm just not well versed in the Garfield verse? <laughs> the Garfield verse? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's definitely, like, a swath of characters. There's, like, a good roster. Uh, let me see if I pause the video to see. There's Garfield, John, Normal, Odie, and then I recognize the other four. There's, like, the Pink Cat, who's, like, the love interest, the Veterinarian, who's John's love interest, the stray, crazy, like, two-eyed color cat, and then the mouse. The mouse, yeah, wow. I definitely, like, recognize them. I don't know their names, but I remember them from, like, strips and stuff because when you're bored of shit in a dentist office you read garfield comics uh this game is apparently bad enough to have become a meme because it has an entry in know your meme oh, oh fantastic okay. i don't know that might just be because it's garfield too anything Maybe. garfield's a meme at this point and if it, if no one's read garfield without garfield the webcomic i highly recommend well i mean not highly i recommend it for like uh, 10 comics or so then it gets kind of boring it's just garfield with garfield photoshopped out i saw uh what is it calvin and Hobbes, but they replaced calvin with donald trump and i'm like oh christ because there's some really ridiculous ones um but that's the thing uh garfield cart i would play it it's five dollars currently you said you got it for a dollar i would think i'd feel a little more reasonable paying that for it (laughs) it was like 80 percent. yeah anything under five bucks i'll consider like a toss away meme joke game so, 
I don't feel bad spending that and forcing Mark to play it. <laughs> Fair knows, enough. God knows he's done it to me a lot. True, that was a good uh, troll game to get him. Uh, the news that I wanted to say, it's just real, just in passing, but I saw that Ben Schwartz is going to be Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> in the upcoming movie. And I think that's a great cast. Like, I think that's a great choice because, I don't know, he, he's got success with BB-8. Uh, he's a funny guy. Oh, I yeah. love him on Comedy Bang Bang. I know he's very uh, hit or miss with people. Like, I'm in a part of this, like, cultish Facebook group called the Nighttime <laughs> Foam Corner where, like, they just, like, idolize Earwolf uh, podcasts. And, uh, like, it just seems like a lot of the people are either, like, they love Sh- Benny Schwa or they hate him. And it's like, I- I'm on the love team. I think he's I'm really- on the love team, too. <laughs> yeah, he's just such a talented, funny character. Yeah. I don't understand how people... I mean, I could... Get how like the singing might be annoying. Like, yes, that's the, six all the time. But like, other complaint. than that, how can you hate the guy? He's great. I don't. Yeah, he's fantastic. So, and that's what I mean. Sonic, another beloved character. <laughs> it's gonna be good for his resume. I'm hoping. Uh, <laughs> that's something I started laughing immediately. Not because I think it's a bad choice. I think it's a it's a great choice. I'm just laughing. Just like there's actually like, going to be a live action Sonic movie with yeah, Jim that, Carrey as Doctor. Yeah, Jim Robotic. Carrey. Like it's actually <laughs> happening. It's not some just big joke they're pulling on us like it's just like jesus this is gonna be a nightmare um, i hope it's like formative for the sonic universe it's gonna be like this movie kicks ass watch it be like the first video game movie in a long time to be legitimately good i don't know i know we also got the mario movie coming out from uh the same studio that did uh the minions and despicable me and all those so it's just like ooh. Are we gonna yeah. we're gonna try and make video game movies a thing again, like we did in the nineties? Like, uh. I admit I'm a little nervous about that one, but just just the names involved in this project gives me a little bit of faith, and I'm hoping they they can't fuck it up that bad, can they? Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh boy, let me show you a movie called The Super Mario Brothers. Oh gosh, yeah, we uh, we don't have a great track record with video game movies. We really don't. Not, I no, I honestly can't really think no. of one good movie video game movie. Like, oh, we all some, know Final there, Fantasy, the no, spirits within. You stop that. <laughs> That's you not stop even a video game. <laughs> um, there are some that are definitely, like, better than others. Like, I know some people that love the Resident Evil movies, but because they kind of turn into this crazy mess towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I don't know anyone that would be like, oh, yeah, this is definitely a good movie. There's some that are better than others, but that doesn't, you know, some of the bars are set really low. Yeah. So, well, uh, yeah. If the bar's set really low, I, I still think Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Annihilation are good <sighs> movies. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I enjoy those movies, but I also enjoy the Super Mario Brothers movie. But I do not think they're good. Like, they're guilty pleasures. And it's a uh, fucking... Oh, I forget his name. The guy who plays uh, Kung Lao. Or no, not Kung Lao. Oh, uh... Who's the evil guy? Liu Kang. No, not him. Oh. He's good, but... Uh, who's the evil guy? Shang Tsung. Oh, right. In the first one. He's fucking Johnny Tsunami's dad or grandpa. Oh, that's Jeff. right. He's Holy in fucking shit. everything. I love that guy. Um, oh man. But yeah, I, how much detail is going to be on Sonic? Like, if it's going to be live action, how much like detail they can put in? Is it going to be individual hairs on his back? Yeah, no, he's going to look guess. crazy. It's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah, I wonder if he's going to look like. Uh christopher robbins winnie the pooh like <laughs> all right i truly believe they went back and recolor coded all that movie because the original trailers and stuff they're all dreary as shit it's like oh that makes sense it's london like it's all gray and unsat <laughs> um but sorry like, nick <laughs> no nah, fuck you nick <laughs> he comes after me on twitter all the goddamn time um but like if you look at anything now like any of the trailers or posters and stuff like it's all much brighter like Winnie the Pooh's clearly yellow with a bright red shirt. Like, I'm absolutely sure they went back and recolor-coded it because everyone was saying how sad it looked. Well, and I, I think it's interesting that how many people don't, aren't familiar with the original what Winnie the Pooh looked like when the books came out originally. And I right. think everyone's too used to new Winnie the Pooh where they were like, what is even happening here? Because yeah, yeah. in the first trailer, he looked like, Winnie the Pooh, like, I know him from seeing the books with the original, like, little hand-drawn illustrations, because he looked like a, a really worn-out doll. Um, yeah. He looked a little dirty and a little scraggly and whatever. That was part of the illustrations. Um, but I do think that a lot of people had the same reaction that you had, where they were like, "Why? what is happening here? This is a real <laughs> gritty reboot of Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's fucking That's what it felt Tigger like. wearing a Bane mask. 
Christ. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think rabbit and owl are the only real ones, and then everything else is a stuffed animal. So, I don't know. I mean, I would say I'd be interested to see it, but movie pass is fucking imploding. So I don't know if people are willing to see movies on like Dude, uh, lukewarm basis anymore. I don't really know much about movie pass other than speaking of all the stupid cults I follow. Uh, Bugman, <laughs> we've mentioned him on m- multiple episodes. He's uh, like famous from the p- podcast uh, Doughboys. He's just like an anonymous person that famous, he started his own cult. Loose. Yeah, it's very loosely termed. But apparently he and this isn't. I I swear to God, this isn't even a joke. He spent like more than like nearly twenty thousand dollars in stock of movie pass, and he owns twenty percent of it. And I'm, and like it's like a giant meme, and people are like, Why, why did you do that? <laughs> It's like it's like buying the Titanic after it's already sunk. Like, that's <laughs> I gone, think that man. That was his idea. I don't know. It could be just a giant troll, but like he was posting like receipts of him buying the shit too, and I'm like, oh my god. So I think it's legit. Jesus. Movie Pass anyway. essentially didn't expect as many people to actually use it as they did, and um, we're counting. They're buying individual tickets for people, and. They were expecting to sell all that data for like who's going to see what movie and when and when's it popular. And this way we can like prioritize like movies with Tom Cruise are twenty dollars, where movies with you know no name actors are like seven dollars to entice people to see them more. And it just fucking did not work out, and no one wanted that data because they weren't gonna you know put priority prices on certain movies over others. So right, MoviePass just did a gamble with that and fucking lost hard. So. Yep. There's a couple of those that we've seen. I remember CISO didn't last long, but that was completely a separate kind of thing, like the streaming service for only comedy. Yeah, it, there's a lot of stuff that's like comedy-specific stuff that didn't last long. Like before that, there was like a few, some TV, something TV. Um, yeah, it, it happens especially a lot, or maybe it just seems more common with comedy stuff. Where it's like, yeah, here's a, you know, we're going to dedicate this group of programming only to this, and a, yeah, collapses in on itself after like less than a year or so right so well yeah. sorry to derail with bug main um oh, right. there, there's one thing though another news topic that i saw that's kind of interesting for like old school uh nintendo players if you buy the super smash brothers ultimate bundle it includes a gamecube controller you can use uh on your switch and a gamecube adapter oh that's right okay so that's so the adapter is what makes it possible to use it on your switch that's pretty cool though yeah, uh, I think that's really cool, especially because some people, like, still use the GameCube controller. They still think that's the, like, truest way to play uh, Smash. Uh, I think it's just because it's easier because all the Smash moves can be done with the C-Stick instead of, like, charging it up and actually moving with them. You can just yeah. the C-Stick and do it. But, like everything with Nintendo, they're going to release, like, a handful of these at launch. And then everyone's going to scramble for them. And, you know, you're going to find them on eBay for $500, like, the week after. So... Like, it's going to definitely be useful and probably a good bundle, even if it's probably going to be a bit expensive, but there, there's not going to be enough of, uh, enough of these for the demand. Yeah, limited edition does have me a little nervous, but it's not something I'm going to be after, so at least I don't have to worry. But if you're after it, uh, get on it fast, once it's available. I, I, that's yeah. the thing. I think it's going to be once it, the game launches. Yeah, I, I am definitely more interested in getting a Switch after Nintendo Direct. Uh, for anyone who hasn't seen the Nintendo Direct, I recommend it just because it's a very good video. Um, it's basically just like a press conference Nintendo does, but does it through a pre-recorded video. Um, and it was just done very well. They like shot stuff rather well and you know re- revealed stuff in a very cool manner. Um, but yeah, after that, I'm much more interested in getting it for Smash. And for me, I try, I try to learn how to play on the controller for that system. That way, if I ever have to, like... I would prefer a GameCube controller, but if I end up in a situation where I have to use the Joy-Cons, I want to at least know how to play, even if it's not ideal. Definitely. But didn't fucking Luigi die in that video you're talking about? Yeah. Did you guys both watch the Direct? I did not. I watched, I watched, like, I skimmed it, I'll be honest. I didn't see it, like, in its entirety. Okay. I Yeah, like I said, I, I recommend watching, because it is just go- cool seeing some of the stuff um, and the reveals. So they revealed... Simon Belmont, or no, yeah, Simon Belmont from Castlevania, and Dope. Richter Richter Belmont as an Echo Fighter for him. Okay, so, and they're finally like, admitting like Echo Echo Fighters are like the clone characters, like same move set, slightly different, mostly just aesthetically, like or you know cosmetically, they just look different. Um, yeah, they play the same way. 
And in the reveal, they had Luigi wandering around the Castlevania mansion and straight up murdered. Like, <laughs> yeah, I saw that part. He runs into a part. few monsters, and then the Grim Reaper pops up because he's an enemy in Castlevania, and he straight up murders Luigi. But it's, I, the internet freaked out. <laughs> yeah, people were upset about it, which shows how much people love Luigi because, like, ah, he's kind of like the Joe character, especially after Luigi's Mansion. He's scared of everything. Like that's he becomes Shaggy from Scooby Doo. Like his core characteristic and personality is scared. Yeah, um, but people are like, yeah, what the fuck? Like that's not fair. And if you remember. When Ripley, uh, Ridley was revealed, Mario should have murdered too. But everyone's mostly like, haha, fuck Mario. <laughs> yeah, it's just interesting now that people are like writing obituaries for Luigi, like 35 <laughs> years old. Like, like, what the hell happened? But I heard someone toss out this idea. I think it's someone at work. What if, like, people were, di- you know, like anything, analysis, uh, running analysis on the video and stuff and, you know, cutting apart every little information they can get. Um, but they were saying Luigi's uh, like vacuum pack from Luigi's Mansion that he had in it looked different. It was like remodeled and new. And then they show you a brief glimpse of like uh, Luigi's Mansion uh, level for Smash Brothers because they're bringing back all the levels, and it's like 103 levels total for Smash. It's fucking absurd. Damn. Um, but they were saying the Luigi's Mansion level was redone, like, and it looked different. It wasn't just like an updated version. Like there was a few things that were different about it. So people are speculating. What if killing Luigi in this is setting up a Luigi's Mansion 3 where he's he plays as a ghost? Yeah, I kind of I, honestly, even before you mentioned that, that kind of s- brought in my mind. I got the Luigi's Mansion mime vibe. I was thinking, oh, this has to have some kind of like uh, foreshadowing to a new Luigi's Mansion. That's where my mind went. So, yeah, what you just des- described, I could see that working pretty well. I hope so, because those games do, like, real well, and I think it's it's different enough from Nintendo's, you know, traditional lineup of all just the, you know, what, Metroid, yeah, even Metroid, they kind of don't do much anymore, but, like, Zelda and Mario, right. just the same rebooting of the same crap over and over again, like, I think Luigi's Mansion changes that up a bit, and it's real for refreshing in some regard. Definitely. So, hopefully, third's on the way. Um, but, yeah, so, Simon and Richter Belmont, uh, Dark Samus. Is coming, and she's uh, an Echo character. Uh, Krom, who's from Fire Emblem, which I don't know anything about Fire Emblem. Yeah, I'm, me neither, unfortunately. Other people are very passionate about it, and that's good. But like, I'm I'm sick of swords fighters. Like, there's there's just like a characters from Fire Emblem. Oh yeah, then like, you got the three versions of Link. Like, yeah, Young Link and Toon Link in it, which I don't. You don't need both. Um, Marth and Roy. Marth, Roy, Ike, Lucina, uh, and there's a bunch more. Cronin, I think, is one. And it's like, some of them are like half dragon and shit. <laughs> so, like, there's just a lot of sword, sword fighters now in Smash, and it's like, this is a bit much. Fucking Cloud. Forgot about him. Oh, that's right, yeah. So, um, and then the big-ass reveal at the very end. Well, like, there's other stuff. Like, now you can essentially play your Switch as a music player. So there's all of the music since like this is a smash to be all smash like it has everything all the levels all the characters all the music and now you can do custom rules you can do custom playlists for the music and you can essentially just have your switch as an iPod you can like, plug your sick. headphones in and then put it on like a sleep mode or whatever so the screen's off so you don't kill the battery as fast and just listen to all the Nintendo music like ever from every game so that's a really cool feature i don't know how practical it is like in the direct it shows a woman putting it in her purse and like walking around with it and that seems easier or maybe like a book bag you could do but i think other than that it'd be a little too bulky to just carry around like in your pocket or something oh for sure yeah but then yeah the big reveal it was uh king k rule is finally in smash brothers as a playable character and he's from what donkey kong yeah he's like the primary antagonist in donkey kong and donkey kong country and just the fucking, don't let your memes be dreams. Fucking, we got Ridley and King K. Rule. People have been asking for them since Melee. And the fucking madman actually did it. It's insane. So Yeah, that's people exciting. Like, people are wondering, like, oh, how? what are they going to do for the next Smash? And honestly, I don't think there is a next Smash. I think this is it. Yeah, it seems like gone. just the fact that they're giving you everything, it's everything. like, I don't know if they're going to top that ever. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know where they're going with after this, but... <laughs> It's they're they're pulling out all the stops. 
And this Definitely. is what's going to push me over the edge to buy a Switch. Switch. <laughs> like, I'm, I got to get it for this. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm definitely got my eye on that as well. Um, but this has been a pretty solid episode. Oh. Let's maybe wrap it up. Oh, what's up? One you got thing. one more? Uh, since I talked about Dead Cells for a second. Uh, yeah. Fucking IGN straight up stole the entire review of Dead Cells, the, the full release of it. Oh, that's right. I they did want to bring this up. Oh. Stole it from like an itty bitty tiny YouTuber who, I don't know, he's probably got some, they got some degree of following because uh, people were able to find out it was theirs. But IGN just stole the entire review from their video. Really? Playing it off as their own. Yeah. Yeah, that's really shitty move. And the thing is, uh, you want to blame IGN. It definitely comes down to the individual who like did the plagiarizing. But still, like, oh man, that, that yeah. Uh, when well, it, someone is packing up their bags, oh, <laughs> that person's absolutely fired and possibly blacklisted from game journalism. Uh, quote journalism. Um, but yeah, it's like a freelancer does the reviews or something or a contractor or something and but it was also on the fault of a few people like the editor for letting it back like buy them and stuff like granted oh true i don't expect them to know every review on the internet to know which is plagiarism not but like the fact that someone else caught this so easily but the editor couldn't like right on them too like this is a big fuck up because it's not just like they stole like a quote or a source here and there like they took the entire thing really word for word from this guy's video so Fuck, people fucked up, and oh, some people got fired from this, no doubt. But, uh, you know, quality IGN right there at their uh, prime. Fucking love it. Good stuff. Yeah, game journalism these oh, days. There's, oh, a reason a so many, there's a reason so many people left uh, IGN. Yeah, and those are good people that left. Um, yep. But uh, anyway, here we are at the end of this episode. Let's do some plugs. Whitney, it was great having you back. I know you great have another podcast. Back. Let's uh, hear about that. Yeah, it is called Historical Hotties, and we take different kinds of, different categories of historical figure and put them against one another to see which one's the hottest and, uh, debate back and forth. The most recent one that we just did was, uh, Tony Award winners, people who've won Tony Awards. Uh, Ooh. and it was Audrey Hepburn and Ooh. Vivian Lee from Gone with the Wind and, uh, Edward Albee, who wrote the play Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Uh, okay. and, um, so that's a, it's a very, very interesting mix of people. Uh, there's a couple obvious front runners there. Um, oh, right. So, yeah, I know where my vote lies. <laughs> yeah, I, I think everyone's vote lies in pretty much the same place. But check us out. We're at Historically Hot on all social media, and it's historicallyhot.com, or you can find us on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts at, of just search Historical Hotties, and you'll find us. Very cool. And how about you, Brent? My vote lies with the one person out of that group that I know. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm not a musical guy. <laughs> Um, uh, ABTS Brown on Twitter is very uninteresting. Instead, I'm going to plug our buddy Aunt B again, because we fucking forget to plug him every time. And That's we use, true. And we use, like, all of his music. Yeah, he's so, a great guy, and he's been writing new music, too, so which is really oh, he, awesome. He's always, always popping out new stuff. He'll just send me links of, like, oh, yeah, check this out. And I was like, this is good, but I don't know if I want to shoot Doug, because he'll try and force it on the show <laughs> and create, like, four new games that we don't need to play just to or have just- music. Start a brand new podcast in general. <laughs> Just following Ampy's work. Yeah. Um, yeah, so check him out. Ampy, uh, he's got SoundCloud, he's got Facebook, you know, all the standard stuff. I don't know if it's on YouTube. Um, definitely SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash AmpyTunes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to plug all this stuff because uh, I Was a Walrus theme is by DJ Cutman, who's also great. I think he's got a lot of new stuff coming out all the time. And then any other music we use for the show is AMP, most likely. Yeah, besides intro and outro, which those are just random. I paid for them when we started the show. That was forever ago. I don't even know where they came from. Oh, but uh, this has been a solid episode. I also don't have much to plug. I'm thinking I'll plug one of the bands on my label because they're really cool. They're called a band called Standards. They're from LA. It's a two-piece. They're like absolutely incredible instrumental band. Uh, you can check them out at wearestandards.bandcamp.com. Uh, I'm putting out their album on cassette. I'm really excited to be working with them, and they're such cool dudes. Um, but yeah, and listener, if you like our show, uh, give us a like, follow, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, we're findable on the internet at Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, all the places, iTunes, uh, tell a friend, tell a family member, all that kind of shit. But thanks telephone. for listening. Uh, telephone, television, and thank you Telescope. for listening. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Bye. See you. Bye.